Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, I'm going to introduce you. Thanks for doing this, Tom Cassidy. How are you? <laughs> Good, Katie Boyle. How are you? <laughs> I, mean, I hate doing introductions. <laughs> oh, wait, okay. so you just recorded your album at New York Comedy Club, right? Yes, Life After 20, my second album, the follow-up to Phonymatic, 2020. I dropped it uh, two years ago, right when COVID happened. And I'm dropping this one right when World War III happens. So so maybe stop dropping albums, uh, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, you might... it's my fault. Yeah. And this uh, second one, you did a lot about... Now, I didn't see it, but I saw some of the jokes coming up to it. And you were joking yeah. about your, your future wedding. Mm-hmm. That's uh yeah my one I have a joke about like um I'd say like half of it is about like getting married or like just or something in that general area but yeah that joke is uh how if I would uh have a hundred percent control of my wedding how I would plan it and it's kind of just like it's like an acid trip of a <laughs> wedding yeah. When did you, how long, so you just, this is obviously a dating relationships podcast for the most part. And then sometimes just the chats because mm-hmm. sometimes that it goes completely off. Uh, but when, how long have you been with your partner? Uh, since I would say uh, 2000 and it's a little fuzzy because um, we've been <laughs> together for so long. Um, but uh, like 2015, I believe, 2016, somewhere in that area um i can't even do maths that's like eight years yeah i think we're coming up on seven years so whatever that is or maybe eight um that's a really long time i think seven i think seven yeah and you're in a monogamous relationship correct which is like great this isn't i'm not not some goofy brooklyn la fucking concoction or whatever these fucking goofballs call it yes (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I was like I was gonna say like it's great for New York standards because um a lot of people when you hear them in long-term relationship they're like I, I was hosting at New York the other night and I was like uh, and it's not a lot but I guess you hear it way more than you ever would in my country or, or people uh-huh. are more open about it but uh I, I was like talking to the crowd and then there was this one couple and I was like oh you're obviously a couple because he had his arm around and she was like yeah we're married and I was like oh lovely and she goes but to different people we're polyamorous and I was like oh, I can't even spell polyamorous I can't yeah. so I'm not even <laughs> fully sure but then she explained it she was like yeah both our partners know and they're both at home and this is just what we do and I was like yeah I'd be way too jealous for that I'd be at home but I'd be like (laughs) and just thinking about it the whole time 
Yeah. Well, you know, you're from Ireland. Uh, I am of Irish descent. I don't think that's I don't think that's for our people. I don't think we can handle any sort of anything like that. I don't think that's in our wheelhouse. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think it's uh, I mean, I went to Catholic school for 12 years, too. Um, So I don't know. I think it it is to me, it's goofy. But I guess there's also a level of like, I I don't even it's. uh, Yeah, I I don't know. It's that's (laughs) I think in general to me, the idea of that is better than the reality because the reality I think is gross. <laughs> yeah. Well, I understand as well because like let's say with certain fantasies, like we all have fantasies and then when you, uh-huh. you do it, I've never done any of my fantasies because I can't even imagine, but I already know that it wouldn't be a fun fantasy then. I would ruin it. Like I don't ever yeah. want to have a threesome or have like uh any like let's say whatever or what's a i'm sorry to stop you what's a threesome is that when you have sex in a tree <laughs> yeah it's two super people? modern okay <laughs> oh, a lot cool. of foliage uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um but like or even like i'm trying to think of any fancy like a lot of women would have like uh like like where they're got where their boyfriend is more uh not like assaulting them but more like dominant um Uh fantasies but like and when that plays out sometimes it's not as good and you're like ah whatever just fucking get back to the normal sex (laughs) yeah um but yeah i think yeah i'm apparently i'm vanilla (laughs) i did not think i was vanilla but i put up a choke in my like it's an old old joke but i did like a new Uh tag and i put it up re-put it up on tiktok and it's two like each time i've done it it's the two ones that have gone uh like most viral or whatever even though is that count as viral on tiktok because you're just like i don't know everything a cat saying like meow goes viral but uh yeah it's the most thing that (laughs) has the comments on it where they're always just like vanilla girl vanilla girl because i don't like choking and i'm like what what is this world what is this world we live in dude tiktok is like um well i think it's it's cool and i like how that you things like that can go viral and it's really cool but yeah it's like talk about like sex obsessed man everything on tiktok it also could be my algorithm and I'm insane. So it could be that too. But yeah, like everything, it's all that of like, or just like girls being like, I just saw one today of like, uh, and it's a common one of like, you know, we're like, nope, nope, nope. And it's just about like penis size, like eight inches. Nope. Seven inches. Nope. Six inches. Nope. Five inches. Yes. It's like, um. what? It's just this thing of like, I guess they're comfortable with their sexuality, but it's just funny of like how open people are with like saying the size of penis that they prefer on a TikTok video. Also, that's wild. Because how do you know? I know five inches. That's huge. Yeah, that's great. Honestly, I think that's great. (laughs) I think anything um, bigger can be a bit terrifying, but it also depends on who you're with. And like I heard recently that I don't know if it was on this podcast, but like the more sexually turned on you are, your vagina gets longer and bigger. So, you know, for the big guys out there, don't worry too. <laughs> but I feel like it's yeah, don't worry, don't worry, big cock guys listening to this podcast, you're gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I was a chick, I don't think I'd want to take a big. It just seems like too much work. I'd be terrified. But hey, different strokes for different folks. So yeah, no, I don't either. Plus, as well, if you're not. If you're not know, super, well, if you're not super turned on, you're just like, okay, we're having sex is fun, and sometimes it can take a lot to get turned on. 
an average size penis is great because you can still do the job, but you, your body will really tell if you're not turned on and it's a bigger penis and it's sore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Not saying you should ever have sex when you're not turned on, but you know, sometimes you're a little tired and you're in a relationship and you're like, I should really sure. put in the work. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I just want to watch Frasier right now. I get I, it. I'm like, yeah. Just, just, no. <laughs> it, it was funny because with the, uh, yeah, I try to put up less sex stuff on TikTok. Um, so that was the first thing in a in a long time, just because I'm trying to keep like my sex and some jokes like for an album or whatever, and because mm-hmm. of my family. But yeah, it's just you're right. As soon as you put up one sex thing, you're just guaranteed. And I wanted to, I was putting up a thing I knew that would go that would do well because I was trying to get more followers. But it was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, all of them were like vanilla and they were talking like about choking techniques and how to choke properly. And I was like, what is this world? But you know mm-hmm. what? At least they're informing people, I guess. But I guess back to the uh, non-monogamy stuff, I think too as well, like I think when I'm like in a monogamous relationship, even the thought of like another person touching me because it takes so long for me to get physically comfortable with someone to that like level. So like I'd have to like date another person and go on dates with them. And then I would feel guilty the whole time. Yeah, just not built for it. But it's great for the the people who I, who can do that. I'm like... I, if you're a person like me, you're you you can't be in love with your partner because I just couldn't do that because I can't be in love with I'm not made that way. So for them, that's amazing that they're able to be in like love with multiple people or or that they can compartmentalize, which I am I can't compartmentalize the two. I can't be like have sex like going to the gym. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it, that's like a man and woman thing of like uh, I think you're equating sex with love, and mm-hmm. it's not always about love either. Yeah. Sometimes it's about going to the gym. No, and I have had lots of sex where I've not been in love. I've just been seeing them. But yeah. it has made me have feelings for guys that when I stopped dating them, I was like, oh, I hate their personality. But I think it was just because the sex was like confusing my brain a little bit. But there's lots of women yeah. in New York anyway that I may- meet that I know that are able. Like that woman at that show, she's like, yeah, my husband's at home and I'm here with this guy. I don't want to I feel exhausted even meeting up with my friends sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and I have to do that or I'll have no friends um uh, I can't imagine like adding in double I, I penetration love... sounds terrifying right? that's, that's really yeah um I, no yeah I know what you mean yeah I love being in a relationship because we don't have to date people I don't have to do that now I can just spend that time with my friends mm-hmm. yeah I do think and I don't this is definitely something that I am uh not an expert on at all but like i feel like anytime you have sex with someone it's like you're kind of like whether you admit it or not you're giving every single person you have sex with a very little piece of yourself and i I agree that's exhausting i mean if you're doing it yeah i mean like so because the gym is solo i don't do the gym either i hate the gym so mm-hmm. <laughs> this analogy for me is like I also hate going to the gym but that's solo I'm not like connecting with someone and like licking their neck or you know like uh-huh. having them sure. sweat on me it's yeah it's still I agree with you you're giving a bit of yourself and your time and your mm-hmm. physical energy oh it's exhausting this is a, <laughs> it's really turned to a sex positive podcast to fuck sex don't do it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I, it's uh, like even just like people who are polyamorous, right? Like I'm disgusted by it, but I also understand I, there's like a small level of like jealousy to it as well as like, mm-hmm. but 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I'm I'm intrigued but disgusted by it. Yeah, and I respect it, but I don't want to do it. And if my partner, I have no respect for it. There's no <laughs> respect at all. I don't have any. I have zero respect. I, but... I feel like I respect anyone who does. Who what's that like? Who does their thing that they like or whatever? But if my partner sure. who I love was like, yeah, I want to be Polly, I'd be like, we're over. That's it. I I uh-huh. and I think he's the love of my life, but I'll still be like, goodbye, see you later, go be Polly with all your other friends. <laughs> we well, yeah, I think that's the thing about like um. Like I, uh, I love my fiance so much and she loves me so much. Um, and I, but I think there's something to that of like being like the thing of like rest in peace to meatloaf. Like I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that (laughs) on some shit of like, uh, you love your boyfriend so much, but like, if he said that it would be over. So it's interesting. I don't know. Love comes with conditions, but also you, present yourself to somebody a certain way and then if you completely change that then i understand that it's difficult for people but the crazy thing is life is so long too you know yeah it is so long that's the other that's thing that's the thing well. yeah it's just so long so like uh how you feel now might be different how you feel 20 years from now yeah and then by in 20 years you're so secure in your relationship you're probably over any like you know jealousies or whatever that you're like it could be even just like a a woman in the relationship who's like I don't feel like you go do your thing or else you're there like you're open to swinging and stuff because you're so trusting in your in your connect your partnership so maybe not I don't it's not gonna be me I'm not saying that I'm just saying in general but I understand yeah more of just the I'm not even really equating it to like swinging or anything like that just of the just it's an impressive thing that people stay together for like their whole lives just because, mm-hmm. you know, you're two different people and people change, but it's like a thing of like growing together and all that stuff. Yeah. And then there's a thing where you get um, like a shared consciousness. Uh, I haven't read the book, mm-hmm. but there was a guy who wrote a book about, he was with his wife for forever. And when she passed away. Um, so he wrote about like this shared consciousness that like basically like a part of him and things that you do together and you become very similar and you have like, yeah. you know, finish each other's thoughts and stuff like that. And I think, yeah, if you're the type of person who loves that, like, like I love companionship and partnership and um, yeah, I could totally see myself being with the same person for, for forever just cause, and like, you can always like spice sex up and uh, learn together once you're open to it. Um so yeah i i I hope so god yeah well it's that thing of like you know couples who've been together forever they like start to look alike a little bit too you know that thing (laughs) and the dog looks like them (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) very funny and i think yeah i think like it's so nice long term to have someone that you share your life with and memories with and stuff like that so yeah I am on more that like so like with New York City you know I feel that was a question I wanted to ask you because I feel like a lot of men really struggle with getting in relationships here because there's so much choice and you're like well have I got her I can get something better I get the next mm-hmm. one sex constantly on the table one night stands constantly on the table but for me it's so nice finding someone that 
I don't have to be like at a bar and be like, okay, who could I potentially kiss tonight? Like that's exhausting. And it's nice to be like, okay, I'm coming home to someone who's like going to make me a cup of tea and talk to me about my day. And uh, if something upsets me at like the comedy club, which it would like once in a while, or, you know, like on my set, I could call them. And it's like, they're only minor things, but it's nice to have that. Then just the constant retelling of my story, the constant, how are you? The constant listening to like new people and having to store that information and a month later get rid of that information um there's like too much choice in New York City so I like just finally being like okay that's I don't have to worry about any of that stuff yeah but how did you feel about that because you came to New York in a relationship right no I did not well I actually uh I've been here since 2012 oh. November of 2012 yeah I just made up that you guys came from Philly together never mind so you met your girl nah, your fiance yeah. here yeah so I met her in, I guess, 2014. Um, yeah, so we were friends for like a year. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was single for a little bit um, in New York. I, I was like, when I came here, I was in a relationship. And then that crumbled pretty quickly. Um, and then I was single for like a year or two. Um, definitely hoeing around um <laughs> did you find it hard though to like focus on one person or did you feel like you're missing out once you got into a relationship uh I feel like um I was hesitant to get into a relationship um but then once I did I was glad I did um just because of just you know you get into routines and stuff of you can hear my um not the, <laughs> so funny you can just hear my lady uh in the kitchen uh getting uh getting her lunch together um not that any of this is a secret um but um uh so i don't i definitely uh enjoyed being single when i was single so then like it just took me a little bit of time to like get into that mode because i think it, it's like a dangerous thing being a hoe i think because then you uh have like a hoe mentality and uh, I think it took me a little bit of time to like get out of like a home mentality. And I think just being a man, it's just like you always have that home mentality in you too. What is home mentality? Just being a whore. Just like, <laughs> just fucking around and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was that. <laughs> You're so nice. <laughs> Sometimes when, I... <laughs> when, when, uh, when we uh, like shared a lift the other like a uh, couple weeks ago, just like like talking to you sometimes, and when you're just like, yeah, you're just so nice. It's uh, it's so funny. Um, but yeah, it took me a little bit of time, um, and then uh, yeah, I do think it's uh, you know, I love love. So yeah, me too. So yeah, you know, um, but I'd loved being single too. Um, for that time in my life but I think it's you know I think everybody should experience both right yeah just so you at least you know ex you know likes about experience true my boyfriend didn't have his hoe, <laughs> didn't have his whole face fuck <laughs> okay that's okay though I, he's too introvert he just and he's always like like he's dated people and I think that's where his comfort zone is but he said he's never really enjoyed like the whole like hey you know i can't do yeah. it that's my impression of him hey <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> yeah i bet that would get him a lot of pussy 
yeah 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 he's just a sweetheart hey. <laughs> but so did you find that hard though transitioning from like because it's the new york's like nowhere else where i mean maybe like dublin maybe is a bit like that but maybe big cities but new york is like the the capital of the hohen then let's so say funny comparing dublin to new york city is just funny only well, an Dublin's irish person would do that a bit I more hoey you know <laughs> we, oh sure with that aspect of it yeah yeah oh no i think there's ho areas everywhere la is like the even hoier i yeah. would think hoier um, atlanta but, freak nick freak- go ahead sorry oh no but how, how did you find transitioning from like like so now okay so you went from like being vagina on the table all the time and then to in a relationship monogamous relationship like did you find that especially as a comedian because people come up to us all the time and they slide into our dms all the time and like they just like funny people and that's more of a girl thing a a girl i think um what i'll say is the difference between like a, a a boy comedian and a girl comedian is um a boy comedian has a penis and a girl no i'm just kidding um i think <laughs> they come from mars <laughs> we come from venus <laughs> nah i think uh like the boy comedian aspect of it is like it's easier to um probably like pick up a chick like in the room or whatever mm-hmm. or like you know like after a show or something like that um and then i think girl comedians probably get more like dms and stuff like that i don't that's i think that's a girl comedian thing yeah my boyfriend's always laughing because he'll just be like reading my phone over my shoulder and he'd be like who is this person and it's just someone uh, like hey fancy face saw you at new york or something i'm like oh, i don't worry it's just a re- request i'm just gonna ignore it yeah 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 but um <laughs> but i because i feel like a lot of male comedians get girls uh even more out of their league and like because girls just love funny men so like was it hard mm-hmm. to be like hey actually i'm off the table and i'm in a relationship or was it just easy to be like no nah, see you later um yeah i mean it was i think it was somewhat difficult at first yes <laughs> i'm asking the real tough <laughs> questions here <laughs> these are tough questions this is uh trying to jam me up um right before yes. the wedding <laughs> i know well because it's, it's a, no it's i'm a, just kidding um, it's great to meet someone who is in a long-term relationship as well and i think like a lot of people that's a lot of their fears is having to like transition into you know being in monogamous relationships versus um yeah yeah um but yeah i do think it was um initially somewhat difficult um but you know, you just gotta keep the devil down in the hole. Did you ever watch The Wire? <laughs> no, you yeah, no, long time ago. I don't remember that reference, but <laughs> we had the, the DVD set. You, you gotta keep the devil down in the hole. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's a decision, you know. It's like uh, you make a conscious decision, and you yeah. you live by the decision that you made. Of like, you know, if I wanted to not be in a relationship, then that would be. Uh, the decision I would make. So I, you know, like being in a relationship. Uh, So like, you know, it's like the grass is always greener type thing too. Yeah. But like, I also know like the, there's no alternative of like, for me of like, in the sense of like, I'm not going to be in a polyamorous relationship. And like, I'm either going to be in a relationship or I'm going to be single. So it's like, you gotta, you know, you gotta live with your decision of like, yeah, not, fucking host yeah and i think as well always remembering that the fantasy is a fucking host 
I think I was remembering <laughs> that the fantasy will never, sometimes it doesn't play out as good as, so it's not worth the, uh, whereas like, I think as well for comedians, so like loads of, like there's the guy comedians who obviously want to stay single in case they make it and they'll have the choice of, and this is the same with DJs and musicians and bartenders for some strange reason. How, how dare all, you compare me to a DJ? and actors here leaving this podcast right now i mean it's similar i was on a podcast the other day where with jason salman where he was saying he thinks that um comedians are different to all of those people because okay so let's say all these men come to new york city and they're like i'm gonna be the best so they they really believe that there is a chance of fame i don't Mm -hmm. even believe that because i'm like i just want to live off this but a lot of people maybe Mm -hmm. come here and even if you're an accountant because you're like i'm gonna be the best accountant there is um so there is like a level of like not like maybe like narcissism to a certain extent and then Mm -hmm. so dating is hard because you really think you're gonna make it and then you're gonna have like a kim kardashian girlfriend or whatever Mm -hmm. so but what jason was saying which is a good point that comedians are so self-aware they have to be for the most part so they're a bit more like you know in in, able to be like okay well more like look inside and know so like a little less narcissism like i would even think becoming a comedian made me less narcissist because i'm like oh i'm not the main character i am just here for their entertainment (laughs) yeah I think there's levels of truth to what you said and also completely not as well. Cause I, yeah. you know, we're all narcissistic because of what we do. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Um, and what did Jason Salomon say about? He was just wh- saying a, what? Little, what a we... little less narcissistic than those like DJs. DJs, so. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That's not saying much. <laughs> it's like saying you're not as much of a Nazi as Hitler, but uh, yeah, I, I also think like living that lifestyle of like, I, I think like I started comedy, I'm 36 now. Yeah. So like I started comedy when I was 22. So like, I was a different person then than I am now. I mean, I'm still me. um, And I have like elements of that in me, but like, yeah, I mean, I think when I got into comedy, I wanted to to get chicks, man. So, (laughs) I mean, that's why a lot of people get into show business, you know, yeah. but also um, with like maturity and stuff like that. It's like uh, being like, I'm going to get famous and uh, fuck chicks or something like that. That's a that's a that's a trap. And it's also like you can't really be focused if you're just chasing like chasing that. So yeah. like, you know, like like you said of like having someone that you can talk to at the end of the day who like actually cares about you and you care about them. That's like the real key to success. Cause also show business is so fucking goofy anyway. So you have to have something else. And yeah. I, I don't know if I, that makes sense. No, it does. Cause that was exactly the point I was going to get to that. Like the stereotype is usually like, or like you'll see like, I always would have thought that there's like older male comedians who stay single and it's like on the road type of it's hard to be in a relationship but my favorite the longer I've been doing it like the my favorite male comedians who are successful are all in long-term relationships um you know like you're killing it you have a long-term relationship Mike Cannon Mike Feeney all have like super support of H. Foley has long-term girlfriend anybody I meet I'm like they're in long-term that poor girl <laughs> 
<laughs> my point my point and it's so nice as well because then I'm like I feel safe around them you know I'm like oh okay they're they're not gonna be like you know I hope <laughs> and they yeah. haven't been you know so yeah I, yeah or Robbie or um you know yeah. Sarah's husband and they all I think that this job is so fucking mentally insane that mm-hmm. I feel like I've gotten better at comedy since I've been in a relationship because it's just like it's so nice to come home to someone and just relax and take my mind off it and oh who I would not have the energy to I don't know how you even hoed at one point like I can't believe not I can't believe I even hoed at one point I don't know how I had the energy and did comedy I think the more successful you get comedy you can't hoe it's who has the time I think you know some people are just built that way and you know again like I'm sure it works for some people and that is completely fine but yeah I mean it's just it's to your point of like all the people who are in relationships and stuff. It's like the thing of like how like a lot of comedians are sober. Yeah. Cause it's like, um, they're just, they've been, a you know, when you do comedy, you're doing it around alcohol every day. So it's like the same thing of like being around like women every day or like that type of thing of like, uh, you get exhausted by it <laughs> or like, you know, that, you can't drink every day or you can, and some people do, but um, yeah, I just think in general with like uh, stand up specifically, like the way that you can get tripped up is either drugs, alcohol, mm-hmm. or like women or men. If you're into that, like, so if you don't, if you're not an alcoholic, if you're not a drug addict, if you don't fucking, you know, take your dick out and stuff like that if you if you avoid those things and work hard it'll probably work out so it's just one of those things of like these are all obstacles in the way of success and I feel like comedy and it might sound a bit silly but it is like a bit I don't do any drugs but I do Uh feel like comedy has been a bit of a drug you know like I uh, oh it is still get a lot of adrenaline off it like even if I feel sick or low energy and I always feel low energy because there's something wrong with me for forever me too yeah <laughs> but as soon as I get off stage I'm just like oh poop that's a perk you know it's like a little coffee shot <laughs> well that yeah it, it uh that sword swings both ways where like let's say you're like not in a great mood and then you go on stage mm-hmm. and you do well then it completely changes your mood it's like oh shit now I'm in a good mood yeah you could be in a good mood and then you can go on stage and bomb and then you're in a bad mood. That's true. So like to me, like with comedy in general, like I'm kind of like tired all the time as well. Um, but like the problem that I have is like, if I do good, then I'm amped up and I can't go to sleep. Yeah. If I do bad, I'm amped up and I'm thinking about it and I can't go to sleep. Yeah. So like, it's a toxic damned if you do. I don't know if it's toxic, but it's just, it just it is what it is. Um, I would say it can be toxic, and it it like I definitely I definitely think it can be toxic for a lot of people. It depends on how you and a lot of our friend my friends are like that. They'll text and they'll like have had one joke not work, and uh-huh. um and it can be really upsetting and really hard. And it's like you're gonna you're gonna get at them next. So I think like it's it can be toxic depending on how you. Uh, handle your relationship with comedy. Like if you have like a good outlook, like where you're like okay, I didn't get this, but I'm going to get the next thing and I'm not going to let it affect me. But some people can get like a not not get an audition and it makes their mental health spiral. Oh, for sure. But uh, you got to, 
uh, you got to take personal responsibility <laughs> in that respect, you know? Yeah. Also, like, uh, a lot of people are like that, yeah. Um, I think it's, like, two of, like, have you ever, this has happened to me a couple times where, like, I've, like, auditioned for something or, like, interviewed for something, and, like, I know that I did what I wanted to do, right? So, like, whether I got it or not, it didn't matter to me because it, so it's like the thing of like um one of my, my favorite comedians bernie mack and one of the reasons is uh he's got like an oprah interview and he just talks about like he's trying to be the best within himself right yeah that's so like if you just do it. you know if you try to be the best within yourself you can't lose um and like some things are easy like to say but hard to do you know mm-hmm. so like sometimes if if you give people advice um They'll, they'll hear it but they won't you know? oh yeah my dad says that all the time he says um you only learn a lot of people learn for their mistakes the hard way or like he'll be like or they'll ask for advice but they're never gonna take the advice only the advice they want to hear which is yeah keep thinking about that keep worrying about that you know yeah um no I'm like you with that with comedy I just kind of I don't really let it affect me too much because i have that whole universal hippie diffy belief that if i miss something well i'll be like if i miss something and this makes me feel better about it like let's say i miss an opportunity i'm like oh well i could have gotten that and got run over by a bus (laughs) sure and i'm not even saying that it doesn't affect me i'm saying uh like i said like before if i do good or if i do bad either way i can't sleep i'm just saying that like um at my best i am just trying to be my best so like So there's like, let's say there's another audition or another interview that I didn't do well in or something. And then that will like, you know, fuck me up mentally. But like, yeah, just keep moving. I mean, it's the longer you do this, the more you realize like things that you can't even the the reward is the journey. And if you don't understand that, then there's nothing I can do for you. Like, yeah. And even like really shitty shows like will inform you later. Yeah, I do. I do agree with you on all of that. Um, and I love me personally. I love doing mm-hmm. comedy. I love doing it every night. I think what we're doing, um, you know, is is I don't want to have like made it. I have no intention of being like famous or whatever anyway, because this this being here I remember my dad years ago was like you just have to change your measure of success. And he was like, you're in New York and you're getting to do shows in New York. That's very successful. And I think like, uh. I'm a big believer of when you're dead, you're dead. So I try to like enjoy everything and not be hard on myself too much. And it doesn't mm-hmm. mean things don't affect. Like I did a show last night where I, I've been kind of sick the past few days, just run down. And I was coming from New York comedy club and they, I was coming late and I had just hosted there. And so I texted the show booker and they were like, yeah, no worries. Come on down whenever you're ready. When I got there, it was an open mic with comedians. So I had gone an extra 30 minutes out of my way journey from home. And that annoyed me because I was like, I'm at a point now where I'm so tired that I and I also don't need to not to be like that I'm above anything, but I I don't I don't want to be here in this smelly basement with all men. Mm-hmm. Um and I wish he had communicated that, you know, when I was saying I'm on my way, he should have been like, hey, you know, it's not really a show anymore. It's just an open mic. There was like no audience. So things like that can be like frustrating. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that took like an extra two hours off my off my night where it's like, OK, now I'm at a point where like my time is very valuable. Um, and 
even being there I was like annoyed with myself because I was like I should I should have just not stayed and I should have left there was no reason I don't have anything new new to work on right now I'm tired Mm -hmm. and I need to be at a point where I can just say hey actually sorry I'm not I don't really want to do anything in front of comedians I'll I'll, you know I'm gonna head out but uh yeah but yeah so even when you say every shitty show will inform you I don't know (laughs) that last night that was a waste of my time um well it's all like there's all a bunch of puzzle pieces you know like you've you said a lot in what you just said um and not even just that part of it um but like there's like the power of no and i think you know i don't think uh there's anything wrong with saying no if you if that's what you feel i also think um it's good to do that type of mic every now and then just to um to take you down no matter what I, i more so of like up until the pandemic, I would always try to just do like at least like a mic a month or something just to take me down. <laughs> no, I and that's don't, for I me. Don't, and no, if it doesn't help you at all, then that's, I don't then think don't so. Do cause, uh, like the whole taking down or whatever, it's like I'm I already feel very like humble if that makes sense in what I'm doing I don't need to mm-hmm. I'm already like you're doing great you're doing great I don't need anything to I, and I don't need to make myself sick either does that make sense like I think when you're just doing so much yeah I think in that situation sure I mean and I also you... a lot of these open mics are insane take you down no that's walking back into your trauma where they're just like it smells it's all guys they're like if you're I not never like I never liked mics in New York City ever. Like even like because there's I came from Philadelphia and um, the mics in Philadelphia were better just because it would be like one a night as opposed to like a hundred a night. Mm. So you'd be able to like at least get like a couple normal non-comedian people at those shows. So like when I came here and I saw New York open mics where you had to like pay money and perform just for comedians, I was like, "Fuck this shit!" I just went to I did like the barking route which I thought was better. Yeah, I did that when I started. For for regular people. But fuck all that. There is something I want to say about like you saying like, um, like you don't want to be like a huge success or something like that. That's what you said. Or like famous or whatever. Yeah, obviously if that happened, that'd be like, oh, great. You know, I'd give money to my, I I also can't ever see myself having a lot of money. I don't know what I would do with it. So uh, this is is like a a thing of like manifestation of like, what of what i'm saying is you should change the, the way you think about it that way because like i'm saying this in um it sounds like i'm just gonna say it and then i'm gonna explain to you what i mean like all i ever wanted was what i have right now okay but now that i have it i want more so what i'm saying is like all i wanted was to just be a full-time comedian um and be able to you know pay my rent and i am able to do that right yeah but so i achieved my goal but i almost wish when i had that goal <laughs> 10 years ago <laughs> i wish my goal was higher and i mean you know i've done other things and all that stuff too but like whatever but like to me it's like you might as well set the goal as high as possible now because you know you're a young funny comedian and you still have so much time left. So I think just taking that, taking that out of your mental, like, I don't want to be famous. It's like, we're like, forget fame. I mean, you know, fame is like a negative word at this point almost, but like, yeah. 
big a following? Do you want a following? You want a big following? Yeah, I want a big following. Um, you know, so, that, but, so you want to be that version of famous. So what I'm saying is like, mm-hmm. all I'm saying is just because I'm a little older than you, take that out. Like, you do want that. Yeah. No, I'm like, oh, so I started uh, seven years ago. And when I started, I had like, you know, I thought I would have reached a lot more my unrealistic goals. But now that I'm seven years in here now and I'm like, oh, actually, like I've done a lot and I'm very happy with my process, if that makes sense. So it's more just mm. like trying to just stay in the moment and be happy with what, what you have. But of course, sure. like I still like put all the videos up and try to like do that and build a fan base. Um, and I yeah. would love to, if that happened, be like a super successful Irish lady comic. But um. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's more just as well about just like enjoying it in the moment too without Absolutely. having like unrealistic expectations. But uh, but yeah, of course. But I mean like there's some people who think they're going to be like famous, famous or whatever like and I'm like, I've no... Well, we were talking about the we were talking about the Kanye documentary. Like it's, uh, it's like one of those things of like well, obviously he's really talented, but like no one was going to deny him. So it's like one of those things of like, it's crazy to like believe in yourself almost, you know? So like, all I'm saying is like, just the, the nature of what we do, like uh, you might as well believe in yourself as much as humanly possible because of the insanity of even doing what we do. I I, I agree. For sure. Yeah, the moment living in the moment thing, absolutely. That's the stand up part of it. Like, if you if you're doing stand up and you're in the moment and you're having fun, you can't really lose. It's almost impossible, especially if you're actually having fun. Like, yeah. the crowd will have fun if you're having fun, and if they they don't, then they're crazy. And like, it is what it is. But then, yeah, like the gratitude thing, and that's the thing of like people being like, you know, complaining or getting fucked up over like not getting something or whatever it's like yeah these are all like simple things that are hard to do yeah because I see with a lot of my friends um who are doing comedy maybe around the same time as me but they're like quite hard on themselves when they don't and I don't and I genuinely I a lot of time I'm not hard on myself if something doesn't work out now if it was consistently touch wood um but I do think a lot of the time if you're not having a good set it's yeah you're just like not present for a moment or you've had a you've, you know you might have had a, like a, a long week or something and you have to give yourself a bit of a break because it's like or they must not they might not be your audience like last night a comedian didn't have as good a set as the rest of people they had a fine set they were being harder on themselves but uh when I was saying that they were all not from America the person was like oh because they'd missed my host set and they were like oh fuck uh I wish I'd, I should have because and they'd, they'd missed but they didn't have time to talk to me they were like running in and they were like, oh, if I had known that, that makes total sense. I just did all like American oh. material. And... If I would have known that, I wouldn't have bombed. <laughs> but you cute. know, like, and it's, whatever, no, know. whatever, whatever makes sure. you. I had a comedian blame me recently as a host. They didn't see my host set and they pulled me aside because they didn't like that. I did like a little time in between or whatever. It was like a second and I was having fun with the audience so they can fuck off. But like comedians do that sometimes as well, where that's the other when side. We're done when, reco- when we're done recording, you have to tell me who it was. That's my payment for doing this podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah, I will. Just don't tell, <laughs> just don't tell them because they did it in a whole like big brother. Let me sit you down, give you advice. It was so funny yeah. when I told my, told my dad, because he says I don't have balls. I have peanuts. He was like, you got to you got to stop that. Like you, you, if someone says, let me give you advice, you 
don't need it now. You just go, no, I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's the other thing. So like for me, let's say, okay, I've been doing comedy seven years. I've done, like when I started, I was doing three open mics a night. Plus a sh- I start running a show a month in. And you then where are these tree open mics? <laughs> well, the creek they in the cave. In- I was running around like a blue arse fly when I this is when I started. This is years ago. I, know, um, I was doing a joke about trees oh, again. Oh, never mind. Didn't get that. When you say three, it's tree. Didn't I'm get sorry. that. Um, but I so I know I started running transplant transplants a few months into comedy. So that show is like nearly seven years old. Um, yeah. and I was just working my arse off, like real immigrant mentality and you know psycho comedian mentality. But um. But it doesn't matter how long I've been doing it, how uh, how much I work or how much talent I have. I still find that men comedians and not all of them will look at me, see a young face and they can't help pre- presume that I'm like a 23, 24, 25, B, been doing it a hot second. And like, I'm sure to them, I haven't made some of them. I haven't been doing it as long. Some of them have been doing it longer, but they don't realize. Um, and they just... It, it, it's it's hard why was I saying this because you were saying something about yeah it's hard to believe in yourself sometimes because it's like well these people condescend me or you have to ignore a lot of that and I do feel I get it a bit more because I'm a young looking woman because mm-hmm. I think sometimes these let me, guys let me play the fucking smallest violin in the world for you <laughs> I'm a pretty girl Ooh, <laughs> no, I'm serious sometimes oh, you want to feel respect and it's like um, and it's fine I just ignore it and I, that's in my head where I always have that belief where I'm like whatever I'm gonna make it I'm, I'm not even gonna be on the same road as this fucking loser because you're like they're saying things to me and then they'll go up and bomb and I'm like who 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 gave him this Kanye confidence you know sure yeah, I mean, you know, it's just their insecurity. But, like, even, like, um, I know uh, everything's relative, too, you know? Like, seven years is a lot for some people, and then other people are like, that's nothing that's or whatever. And, and it's, it's always going to be small if you're if they're doing it longer, you know? They're going to be like, oh, you're only doing a 10. You're only doing a 15. You're only doing a 40, you know? But even, but even, <laughs> Joan Rivers, no. Uh, but, like, but that, I think that's, like, the real like awesome thing about comedy is like it's just one of those things it was like if you stay focused the more you do it for the longer you do it the better you are at it yeah well I disagree I disagree because I see comedians doing it longer than certain comedians and they're not necessarily better because no but I just but but I'm saying if you're actually trying. Oh, yeah, like, that's it. Yeah, you're right. Because they're just not they're repeating the same things. They have more. Yeah, of if you're writing it. consistently. Yeah, yes, yes. You're getting up all the time. You're not uh, raping, uh, drinking yes. and drugging. That's really it's, important. But, but, you know, it's it's like almost like the opposite of like being like a pro athlete, you know, because like it's just that, that thing of like you have that small window and then you know pro athletes retire when they're like 30 35 or something like that like that's like right when we're starting to you know most people say 10 years like so yeah but then you have people like there's comedians doing it less than me who just got an opportunity and are like touring and they're great they're not bad and they just got better stage time and like leaned into it as well so i just think it is relative too sure but even those people aren't really that good either. It's just they had opportunities and they're making it work and they have an audience and that's good. But like the art of stand up and like being really good at yeah. stand up, like, but I mean, you know, it's different. It's just how you look at it. 
of like yeah. you know success and like did you watch uh did you watch earthquakes special on netflix no but i have to because i seen him in miami i got to do a spot on his like pre him headlining oh cool was it but great thing of just yeah i mean there's nothing like like a 58 year old black comedian just yeah. murdering in a black room so i mean it's just one of those things yeah. uh it's all relative no, no, I agree. I agree. I just think that, yeah, it, that can be like a little, uh, I don't mind it too much, but it can be a little annoying, especially like, like, obviously, if you give me advice, we're friends, I want to take it and I and love your comedy. So that's different. But like, sometimes I'm like, yeah. who the fuck is this person who hasn't even seen my comedy? Just come in and yeah. start like, and you're like, and there is that level of entitlement or like I was hosting a show the other night and the first comedian was talking so loudly before I brought him up. And I'm like, who? Would you do that if I were like some guy you respected? Probably not. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I hate I hate that shit. It drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's just a little bolt. Like I I I would love to like go around to comedians sometimes and be like, give me your parents' number. I'm calling them because they didn't, te- <laughs> they didn't teach you general respect. This. I sometimes like if I'll be like hosting a show in New York Comedy Club, like let's say on like a Friday or Saturday or like whatever day, and like you know, there's like the chest check spot aspect of it, like. There's been times where like two of the check spots are in the room and they're talking to each other while the show's going on. And I, I, I'm just like, what are you guys? Well, shut up. <laughs> like, and like, they might think I'm a jerk, but it's like, how are you guys this stupid? Like yes, you're trying yes. to get work at this club. There's a show going on and you're talking to each other. Like, shut up. I, even- I almost grabbed a girl. This is different, but there was an audience member at fourth street a couple weeks ago and it was during the check spots and she was on her phone and she was talking kind of quietly. And I was like leaving to get like, cause I had to get my jacket and I was like, get off. I almost grabbed her phone. I almost did like a Patty LaPone Broadway type thing of like, but then I didn't want to like start a fight or whatever. But yeah, these people are fucking nuts, man. It's insane. If it's, if it's audience, it's like, I would never come into your job when you're trying to do your taxes and be like, whatever. Like if I'm coming in to get taxes, I'll be like, thank you. Get it. I'm not going to, like this is a person trying to do their job. You came to watch. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any you you spent money to watch and then you're like interrupting the show by talking or whatever. But comedians, there's no excuse for it. And I remember one time I sent out an email and she was like, uh, you know, it was just like a hey, like put your jackets away or be quiet if you're in the green room. And I I it was like a list of things, but I was like, I can't believe she has to do that. Like these people and this was around the time of late night, but it was like all these young lads just not knowing how to general respect and it is so dumb yeah it's like you want work here come in be quiet you know basic also for the check spot if you're talking then it's going to encourage the audience talk that's what annoyed me so much about the guy i had just told the audience like don't be chatting blah blah and then he's in talking so loud that the audience was saying shush and he had no self-awareness to realize they were shushing him so then i turned around i was like uh can you shut up please and then i went back and i was like oh fuck yeah oh you told the comedian to shut up yeah and then you brought him up i just said can you shut up please and then i did an extra minute and it was kind of like i had to like get them back but they had concentrated so much on shushing him that i had to get them back to make it good for him and then he made a joke about my joke and i'm like fuck off and then he didn't even come up to me afterwards to say anything like didn't even be like hey just doesn't doesn't give a fuck yeah um yeah man uh i said this before i think now the comedians and rappers are beefing more i think more comedians need to get shot yeah i'm gonna shoe him (laughs) here's hoping 
<laughs> yeah like it's fine whatever he's like an older guy and it's like in that in my head he had that kanye thing where i was like whatever i'm gonna bypass this guy and he's gonna be still here fucking yapping on um yeah knob end can you tell everywhere everyone where to go listen to your albums sure um so you can follow me at cassidy comedy on instagram and twitter and tiktok and uh you know i'll post it there for sure but um the new album's called life after funny and uh the projected date for it to be out is march 25th um and if not it would be like a week or two after that but um yeah you can get it anywhere where you listen to music once it's out apple spotify uh all that stuff and then there should be like an itunes pre-sale which i don't know who the hell buys anything anymore but yeah tomcasty.com i have a podcast called a uh, top nine podcast where we have guests on and they give like a, a top nine list of whatever they want would love to have you uh soon great i would love that yeah i was just thinking this because this next week's episode is Ma- is mara so you'd be the following week so i think that's just around the time your album drops so that's perfect what day does your tuesdays? Does your podcast come out tuesdays tuesdays let's see yeah, so hopefully the pre-sale link will be up by then so you can find it when I post Cassidy Comedy. Will you? That's great. Oh, it's going to be great. Thank, Thank you. you so much for doing this. I'm going to... Thank Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.